Well, it's good to have it's good to have you here. I pray that this is a blessing. It uh, it speaks to me that there are some folks that need to understand again anew the importance of gathering as a body and praying. But I rejoice for the folks that are here. So praise God for that. So it's good to have you. This is going to be a great time. I know there are people that are tired. And uh, we're going to be tired a week from today as well. But uh, hey, praise God. Uh, my wife did suggest that I preach Genesis 27:2. Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. But that's not where we're going to be going. But uh, <laughs> kind of sort of along the same way. I'm just, I'm just kidding. The title of the message tonight, before we get into the prayer, I just want to spend a little bit of time here. Would you take your Bibles and turn to uh, Psalm 71? Psalm 71, entitled this message, Build, Don't Burn Your Bridge. Build, Don't Burn Your Bridge. Just kind of a little bit of perspective. I had, uh, I had thought about actually speaking on this last Sunday evening, but the Lord saw differently on that. But um, just a couple of thoughts. Five about, I believe, that uh, I'd like to give you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, in this short time, I pray that you would speak to us all. Thank you for the opportunity of ministry that we're looking ahead to. Meanwhile, Lord, I pray that we would be thoughtful on the opportunity that we have. Your will be done. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. In Genesis, excuse me, in Psalm, Genesis. Yep, the day of, the, yeah, my age. In Psalm 71, verse 17, David writes, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, and thy power to everyone that is to come. There was a book that came out, I believe it was in the 1960s. I think it was in the late 60s. And it was a book, a, 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 a biography, and I can't remember the name of the author, but wrote a book about Dr. Bob Sr. And it was entitled, The Builder, Builder of Bridges. And he used a poem that Dr. Bob actually used, he, he memorized, and I remember hearing him say this, it was on tape. I, I never heard Dr. Bob preach except on tape. But it's called The Bridge Builder. An old man going a lone highway came at the evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fear for him. 
But he turned when safe on the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, said a fellow pilgrim near, you're wasting your strength with building here. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again will pass this way. You've crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build you this bridge at the eventide? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, and the path I have come, he said, there followeth after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been naught to me, to that fair-haired youth, may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I'm building this bridge for him. I'm not going to go into the detail, but I had opportunity last night to share with someone uh, things that I've learned when it comes to crossing the chasm. And it really is a joy. But I remember in learning those things, it was hard. I, I, I remember coming to God and begging him and say, Lord, <clears throat> why, 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 are you, why are you putting me through this? Why? I, I just don't understand it. Those of you that have maybe been here a long time, no, there, there's, I don't think there's anybody here that remembers this. But there were times I stood here in tears. We had just come back from a vacation one time back in, uh, I think it was the mid-90s. And there was an individual in the church that out of bitterness and spite and whatever, uh, accused me of immorality. And I lost it. I was angry. And I was ready to quit. Why didn't I? I don't know. You might remember this, uh, Vivian. I'm not sure. But it turned out to be somebody that hated me because that individual hated other people and said, uh, I, I don't know when that individual went into eternity, but said, I'm going to hate him all the way to heaven. And there's a long story behind it, but there was just some stuff that, um, it was hard. And it was hard because there were many times I, I struggled, you know, and I'm not trying to garner sympathy, please. This, my life has been about this church. What I didn't know was 40, 50 years ago, I was learning things that would bring me here, and I praise God for it. I'll guarantee you this church has done me more than I've done the church. I know that for a fact. I praise God for that. So here we are, and I just thought, you know, I, I praise God for the, for the, for the birthday party um, that, you know, everybody did. There was, there was no black shirts. Instead, 
I didn't get the memo on wearing, you know, the, um, the flannel shirts. Yeah, I'm telling you what, I love, how many of you love flannel shirts? I, I think we need to vote that during the winter, you know, that's what we wear, at least on Sunday nights. But, you know, we have noticed, we, we've, we've noticed in Scripture that this kind of thought has come to some of God's people when they've seen the younger generation. And especially now, as we see what is going on, I praise God for the promises of God. In fact, um, I was mentioning to somebody, I might be preaching, the Lord gave me a message that I really want to preach in India. But before I get here, you've already heard a little bit of this stuff, but before I get to India, I'd I'd like to preach it here. And I'll tell you more about it uh, later on. But the reason why is I'm thinking, you know, with everything that's going on, I'm going to be looking again in faces of young people that are going home to incredible uncertainty. As a matter of fact, Linda, I've been wanting to have a conversation with you. I really would like to know what you're getting from your home country about, you know, how things are going and what people are sensing and stuff. But that that's, that's for another time. But I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3, if you want to turn to it. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. See, I love this, that God's given me opportunity to go through some things and I can't believe the number of people that are outside this church that have come through my office and we've spoken about these things. It just, you know, it's, it's a joy. And some in the church. But with some of the struggles that God allowed me to go through, and I, I just, you know, I, 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 praise, I praise God for it. Now, I said, when it comes to Psalm 71, that David wrote it, there are some people that say that, well, maybe Samuel did, or Jeremiah, and I'm not going to go into the detail why. We're not going to take the time. But suffice it to say that there's a good amount of people who say, well, probably it was, it was David. It mirrors a little bit of what David said, or a writer said in Psalm 78. I believe it was David. In Psalm 78, verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, And our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, to the next generation, that the generation to come 
might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Why? That they might set their hope in God. You know, we've got enough young people here. We've got enough teenagers. We've got children. We've got younger people that need to hear from the older generation, God is good. He keeps his promises. God is good. He keeps his promises. In Psalm 71, first off, the psalmist, whoever he is, and probably David, in verse 17, David gives a perception. Oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth. Can you remember, those of you that grew up in church especially, can you remember situations where God taught you something that quite honestly changed your life? I can think of those things. I mean, it's a joy to stop and consider what God did. I remember my parents. My dad was a plumber. We went to church. I mean, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, my dad started a plumbing company. We went bankrupt. It was about 1963, 64, somewhere around there. Dad was a good worker, but dad did this. And I praise God, looking back at it, it's like he had several guys that are working for him, but when somebody came on the, on the job site that needed Christ, dad would stop what he was doing and witness to him. That didn't get the plumbing work done. So there were some things that, that took place there. The house that we bought in Canoga Park, which by the way is now worth over $600,000, my parents paid $15,000. The, the, the payment, my dad was, had been in the Marine Corps, he had the GI Bill. The payment on the house was $95 a month and we lost the house. You, you, could, you could take that, you could put it on your credit card now. But you know, I remember, I look back, there were times, there were times we didn't know where our next meal was coming from. In the ninth grade, I had one pair of pants and three shirts to wear to school. That was it. And the shirts were all the same. They were short sleeve white shirts. But you know something? I just, I, I learned to trust God. There were other situations that, sh that, that shook my faith, but God just took care of us. How many of you have situations from your youth where you look back and it's like, you know what? God proved himself to be faithful. You know, I praise, I, I praise God for that. So he has a perception. You know something? Lord, you've been teaching me from my youth. Um, we were in a uh, we were in a uh, a missions conference uh, in Santa Maria when my wife and I went back there. I was teaching all the Bible in the in the Christian school. My wife had taught there for four years, and then we got married. Then we went back, and we were having a missions conference. And the speaker, the main speaker, his last, his name was Viggo Olson. He went by Vic. 
But he wrote a book entitled Dactar. How many of you remember that by any chance? Okay, I devoured that book. That was absolutely fascinating. But here he was in Bangladesh. He had been a fierce, he and his wife both actually, had been a fierce, they had both been fierce agnostics. And then her parents got saved. And asked them, please, you know, just consider the claims of Christ. And so Viggo Olson said, okay. And they both had determined that they were going to shred biblical Christianity. So they started with creation. And then that plane crashed. They started with other items, science, and that plane crashed. And to make a long story short, what they thought they were going to be able to do easily, they recognized this. I don't know how they got the, um, the example, if they came up with it themselves or if they heard somebody say it. But he said, you know, it, it's, it's like somebody taking a 100 Scrabble games and you get all the letters in, you shake it around and you cast it on the ground and it's going to make a paragraph. Well, we know that doesn't happen. But that's how complicated and more so that our bodies are, the universe, on and on. And so here was a man whose big desire was to go to MIT. And on the very same day, I remember him saying this, the very same day, that he was okayed as a missionary for Bangladesh. He got his appointment to MIT. He set the appointment aside, and they went to the mission field. And he wound up doing, I mean, he, he did medical stuff for the leadership of the country. But God taught them from their youth. And I thought that was absolutely so fascinating. So he goes on, look at the verse again, and now he brings a practice. And hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Lord, you, you taught me from my youth, and you know something? I have taken what you taught me. I have let it be made known. I love the book of Philippians. The apostle Paul told the church at Philippi, you are in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. You shine as lights in the world. That's what the psalmist was doing. That's what we're called to do. Look at the phrase, thy wondrous works, doing or, 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 or doings or acts which were fitted to attract attention. In other words, they were living out their Christian life. This is not meant as show-off for us, but it's a thing where we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's what the psalmist was saying. So now he brings to the Lord a petition. Look at verse 18. Now also... When I am old and gray-headed, O oh God, forsake me not. 
I find this interesting because one, I, I, it might have been Spurgeon. He said, there, there's, a, there's, a, um, there's a nuance here. He doesn't want God to quit teaching him. He, he wants to keep learning. He still wants to be taught. He recognizes he doesn't know everything. And you know something? I don't know everything, and neither do you. And all God's people said, amen. We may, with confidence, expect enlarged privileges in the world of grace to make up for our narrowing range of the field of nature. Nothing shall make God forsake those who have not forsaken him. When our infirmities multiply, our God is with us. I remind myself in this Every time I read it, I've cut up my purpose verses. And once a week, at least, I read this, that though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. I love it. I mean, and I never tire of it. When I go through these things and God speaks and he speaks over and over again. The psalmist brought a petition. He says, listen, Lord, I've got a prayer. I, I, I've, I've, I've got something I want you to do for me. The petition leads to a purpose. He says, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation. Lord, I don't want to burn my bridge. I want to build it. You know, you... Remember a couple of weeks ago when we had Katya up here? So, see, this, this was great. Here's Katya. She, she's lost her spouse. But you know who came up? Here came Mary. She hasn't just lost a spouse. She lost a son. I'll never forget that. And then other people who have been through deep personal situations. You know what that's doing? That's building a bridge for Katya. She, through that prayer, all of that, understands God is good. She can keep walking that bridge that's built for her from people that have already crossed the bridge. That's what we're going to be able to do through two-minute through two warning. By the way, my grandson's going to be here, Kevin, one that's called to preach. Papa's going to build a bridge for him. The purpose, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, and thy power to everyone that is to come. Is God good? Does he answer prayer? I hurt when there are people that don't take the time to, to pursue, like we talked about this morning. But I'm glad we're here because we get to take the time, and no matter who it is, the men and the young men 
that will be here will understand that this church built bridges for them that they can know that God is good. And even men, young men, young kids, they can see the testimony of older people in our church saying, I believe it. I'm trusting. I'm there. You ever hurt when you've put time and effort into somebody and then all of a sudden they're gone? You ever you have somebody in your life like that? But then you get glad when there are people that come back and they believe it. This church is going to have a special opportunity this Sunday morning. There's a young man that's no longer all that young that's going to be here preaching Sunday morning. When we first came, not too long after we got to this church, he was a teenager in the youth group. I lost sight of it, you know, just didn't know exactly what all happened. But one of the things that he did is he influenced another young man, younger than him, through baseball cards to get involved in the youth group. And I think I have that right. Right, Tim? Tom Arman got him involved in the youth group. The rest is history. And he's going to be preaching for us Sunday morning. You know, when we get old, if we're not careful, we get tired or we get apathetic, or we can even get bitter. I remember, <laughs> oh boy, not too long after uh, we got here, there was a couple that were having a child. For those of you that haven't heard this story, I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to repeat myself. I'll never forget. Y'all know where the, where the office is right now? This bright boy decided that was that room, that middle room back there was going to be the nursery. Now, y'all know how big that room is. You know how many babies all of a sudden we had in the church when this bright boy decided we are going to have it? We had nine babies. Nine. That was real interesting, the course that we had coming out back there while we were doing what we were doing here. But there was, a, there, was a, uh, there was a couple that had a child, and they needed help with meals. And so my wife went to an older lady in the church, and when she asked her, could you please help out with meals, she got upset. And she flat out told my wife, nobody helped me when I was having kids. I'm not helping anybody. That's it. That's called burning your bridge. That, that's, that's called God's not happy with that. You know, there was an urgency. To, I love this. Go to 2 Peter 1, if you would, please, and we're almost done. I love 2 Peter. 2 Peter 1 is phenomenal. And I'm going to be catching Peter kind of in mid-thought here. But look at verse 12. 
Peter writes, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. A couple of years ago for Christmas, the, uh, the kids, I think I've told you all before again about this, that the kids got me the gift of writing a book for them. You know, it was, it was a pain at times, but then I thought, man, this is, a, this is a blessing. Able to put pictures in, and then they had all these questions. And I, honestly, now I wish I could go back and do it again because there's more I would like to put in. But I did put in some key things about the Lord, Scripture, et cetera, et cetera. And each family got a book. What was the name of the company? Storyworth. And it was it it was really it was really good, and uh, they bought it and we added a little bit of money to it so it'd be in color and the pictures would be in color. But it's 150. I think it wound up being 157 pages, and just able to tell. Now, not you know, it wasn't all multi-page as far as the chapters. Sometimes it was a short, uh, a, a short, a very short paragraph. Like, what was the worst thing that you ate? I said, it was in Mexico, don't ask. And that was the chapter. But you know, you can almost picture, you can almost picture Peter. There were things that he learned that he wanted to be put in remembrance. I think Paul had the same urgency, especially with Timothy. Preach the word. Study to show thyself. And then 2 Timothy 2.2, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And so those men committed things to other men who committed things to other men who committed things to other men, and now you have Faith Baptist Tabernacle. And the commitment needs to go on. Fascinating to think about. So, you know, a friend of mine, Dave Smith, he was a he was a um, a pastor. Roner Park was, and then he went to Southern California. Good guy. And uh, he preached one message in particular that just, I mean, just spoke volumes to me. It really changed my life. But uh, he said something like this, and maybe uh, there might be others that, that you can kind of reword this a little bit, but it's basically this. If you want your life to count, be involved in something that's going to live beyond your presence on earth. Well, you know, I praise God we have the opportunity to share a book that's still going to do its work when we're gone. 
And this weekend is going to be part and parcel of that. In fact, every Sunday is like that. Uh, God is good. God is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, now as we go into this prayer time, I pray, Lord, that you would, God, speak in a great way to each of us as far as this goes, that we are making impact for your glory and the gospel's sake. Lord, I thank you for the calling that you have given to Tim and Megan. Thank you. We were able to watch and see how this young man was brought up by you and now is serving you and has an incredibly dear wife that has so enhanced his ministry. But also I thank you, Lord, for people here who have also done immensely in serving you. Lord, help us to remember, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.